Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the final EE training on how to make disciples. And we have two very special guests here with us this evening to train you. I am your host, Ali Carr. I have been serving at IC for three years now. And in addition to hosting the EE trainings, I also help with our marketing, our fundraising events, some of our social media. So if you ever have any feedback or questions or want to chat with me personally, you can email me at allison.carr at ic-world.org. If you are new with us tonight, this is our mission at International Commission. We exist to equip and enable believers worldwide to conduct church-based evangelism projects so that we can reach unbelievers and make disciples. So everything we do at our organization is filtered through this mission and vision of equipping and enabling. And that's exactly what the E and E stands for in E and E training. So you are on here tonight to get equipped and enabled. In addition to our e, e trainings that we have been hosting for a about a year and a half now, in addition to these evening trainings, we also have the E&E &E show that you can find on our YouTube channel. We have a free storytelling with purpose evangelism toolkit available on our website. That's a free download for you. It includes videos, PDF guides, and several different resources that encourage you in how to share your faith, how to share the gospel, how to start gospel conversations. And finally, we have a book. It is available on Amazon. So if you are looking for any last minute gifts for anyone, it's less than $10. It's called Global God. You can get a paperback copy or a Kindle version. Again, that's available on Amazon and it's called Global God, A Journey with God on the Great Commission. So before we begin and jump right into our, train, our training, we like to cover three questions. So first, what is the gospel? The gospel means good news, and the good news is that God loved us so much that he gave his one and only son, and that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. So that is the good news that we want to proclaim to everyone, and we are coming up on the Christmas season now where we celebrate the birth of Jesus who came to live and then to die and to take the penalty of our sin. So if that's the good news, then what is our role as Christians in the gospel? Well, our role, Jesus says, um, right before he ascended into heaven, he said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So that is a promise that Jesus has given us, that he is with us, and he's told us to teach others to obey what he has commanded us to do and to make disciples. So that's exactly what we are going to be focusing on tonight is to go into all the world and make disciples of every nation. But finally, if that's the gospel and now we know our role, how should we share it? First Peter says that we should always be prepared to give an answer to anyone who asks us to give a reason for the hope that we have and to do this with gentleness and respect. So our guest presenters tonight are going to do an excellent job of teaching you how we can share this good news and how we can share the gospel and do it in such a way that's relatable, it's simple, it's strategic, and it's with gentleness and respect. 
So our presenters tonight are Brooke Thorman and Haley Belcher. They are friends, they're roommates, they are fellow Okies from the Sooner State of Oklahoma, and they both serve as mobilization training strategists at International Commission. Brooke, and she's the one with the brown hair in the photos. She has been serving with IC since July of 2020. She currently lives in Oklahoma City. She graduated from Rogers State University with a degree in business management and a Spanish minor. Brooke has traveled to South America, the Caribbean, as well as Asia, and she has been with IC to Bolivia and has also led a team to Destin, Florida on a North America project this past summer. A fun and very exciting fact about Brooke is that she is getting married in less than a month. So this is probably her very last public appearance as a Thorman. So congratulations in advance, Brooke. And with Brooke, you see we have Haley. She's the one with the blonde hair. And Haley is originally from Tahlequah, Oklahoma. But with Brooke, she also lives in Oklahoma City now. She attended college at Oklahoma Baptist University, and afterwards, she moved to the Amazon in Brazil, where she served for two years as a missionary. And Haley loves spending time with her church community, her friends, as well as her dog. She's also a very talented part-time photographer and loves cooking and just doing anything that's outside. And these two ladies are truly powerhouses and passionate disciples of the Lord, which is very appropriate for both of them to teach on tonight's topic at hand. So Brooke and Haley, welcome to our e, &E training tonight. And as we get started, could each of you just take a moment to share why you're so passionate about this topic of making disciples specifically? Yeah. Um, so I grew up in the church and I grew up hearing the gospel. And I remember in high school, I felt like I was called to missions, whatever that means, you know, making disciples. I knew Matthew 28, um, the Great Commission, but I had never had someone walk with me and show me how to obey Jesus' commands, like the Great Commission says. Um, and then when I got to college, I had a professor who showed me how to make disciples, what that means. And then I had a woman who just invited me to coffee one day and just started discipling me and walking through, showing me how to obey the commands. Um, and I remember before I had someone disciple me, I felt really guilty because I didn't know how to share the gospel. I didn't know what making a disciple even means. Like I couldn't have said it. Um, and then I had someone show me how to do it. And then I realized, oh, this is how we follow Jesus. This is how we do what the Great Commission says, teaching them to obey my commands and making disciples of all nations. And so I'm just really passionate because I remember what it was like feeling guilty, not knowing how to make disciples or what it was or sharing the gospel. And so I want to train people in how to do that as well. Yeah. And for me, so I also grew up in the church and it was interesting. My dad and I started feeling the conviction to start sharing the gospel around the same time. And we didn't know how we would go to evangelism trainings at church camps and, you know, even, uh, first started just learning different questions that we could ask people to start engaging them. And so whenever that would happen, we'd get really excited. Hey, I got to, <clears throat> excuse me, I got to use these tools. I got to um, talk to somebody. 
Um, but then we started learning really, really simple tools that were reproducible. Um, and then I started learning about, okay, it's more than just sharing the gospel with somebody. We have to teach people how to actually be disciples. And so whenever I was young, I didn't even identify as an, as a disciple of Jesus. I just would say I was a Christian. I didn't know what a disciple was. And so when I started learning some of these tools, I learned that, okay, this is what Jesus told us to do, to go and make disciples and teach them to obey. And so so that is, you know, kind of where that passion has come from is just seeing in the word, okay, it's, it's more than just sharing, we have to invest in these people and make disciples, you know, of these people. And so, yeah, <laughs> I hope everybody has a pen and a paper. It's really important because we're going to be learning quite a few tools that are really, they're super simple um, to draw out, um, but you're not going to remember if you don't draw it out. So if you don't have a pen and paper, um, get one. And so in the meantime, can I have somebody read Mark chapter four verses 26 through 30, uh, 29? Uh, this is looking through um, a tool called the four fields and it has five parts to it. And so we're going to teach this to you. And this is about kingdom growth. Um, and so can somebody read Mark four verses 26 through 29? Okay. Mark four, 26 through 29. This is the parable of the growing seed. He also said, this is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scattered seed on the ground, night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. All by itself, the soil produces grain, first the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. As soon as the grain is ripe, he picks the sickle to it because the harvest has come. Yes. Thank you, Allie. Yeah. So this is the four fields. Jesus in his ministry often compared the kingdom of God to um, harvesting or farming industry um, because that's what the people understood. They related very much so to that. And so the kingdom of God is really encompassed in just these few verses, which is crazy. But whenever we look through this framework, everything that we think about in the kingdom of God is kind of focused in this. And so a farmer goes into an empty field and what does he do? He sows the seed abundant. He scatters seed. He doesn't know um, where exactly he should put it, but he sows it everywhere, um, not knowing where it's going to grow or where it's going to take root. He's completely trusting in the Lord for growth and for good weather and for sun. And so, but whenever he sees growth, he wants to nurture it and he cares for it. And so eventually whenever there's a lot of growth. He gathers it together at harvest time. Um, and then, you know, eventually I learned this in the farming industry that you take the best of the crops every year and you go back into the field um, the next year so that you can start, you know, having more and more harvest for the next year. And so how that kind of compares to the kingdom of God is um, we go into an empty field and, you know, the empty field is the the people that need to hear the gospel. And so we go and we share the gospel abundantly and we don't know where it's going to take root. And so we're completely trusting in the Holy Spirit um, to take care of those people that we share the gospel with. And so um, we do it abundantly and wherever there is growth, um, we want to nurture that growth through discipleship, through investing in them and taking care of them so that they do grow. And then eventually we're going to gather together as church. And um, from that, we want to take people out to send them back into the harvest because we want and we want to guide them to raise up more leaders um, to go into other empty fields. And so can you go ahead and switch to the next one, Allie? 
they're called the four fields. And so the first one is F1, this is go. And so um, this is kind of before you go and share the gospel. So what do you guys think is important to do before we go and share the gospel? Pray. Yes, it is prayer. Prayer is so important. And so um, an important tool is something we like to use called Operation Andrew. Another name for it is called the Oikos map, but it's just praying for people that are close to you but far from God, um, putting a lot of prayer into that. And then the next one is F2 is what we like to call it. And this is when you go out and share the gospel. So what are some tools that you guys have used or have heard of um, that you use to share the gospel? The three circles. Yes. Amen. Any other tools you guys like? I like to use the uh, just prayer as an introduction to that and then a 15 second testimony along with three circles. I think the 15 second testimony is one of the most effective ways if it's somebody that you're just beginning this process. And certainly for some, the Evangel Cube. It's mm -hmm. a visual, visual representation of the gospel. Yes, those are really good tools. And there's some others like the bridge, Romans Road. There's lots of different tools. Hand gospel. Yeah, Haley used that a lot in Brazil. And so there's lots of tools for the actual F2 field that we like to talk about. And so F3 is grow or discipleship. Um, and then so we have, you know, quite a few tools for F3 and F4 and F5. And so but for tonight, we're going to kind of focus on the tools that we can use for F3 and F5. And so for discipleship, for growing people and for guiding them to raise up new leaders. And so does that kind of make sense? Does ever, anybody have a question on that? So this is the four fields with kind of five parts to it. And so we're going to be focusing on F3 and F5. But does anybody have any question about this? Cool. Okay, so um, yeah, again, this is the four fields. The kingdom of God is kind of encompassed within all of this. And tonight we're going to be focusing on that discipleship portion of it. So growing people and then guiding leaders to, you know, go back into empty fields. And so um, a part of this is we're going to spend some time in breakout rooms. And so we want you guys to practice the four fields, um, practice what each part is um, with your partner, explaining how it relates to kingdom growth. And then, you know, talk about some various tools you might've used in each of the fields, or if you're missing some pieces. So if you don't really know any tools for, you know, F3 or F4 or F5, just kind of discuss that. And then, um, yeah, and then we're going to come back together. So we're going to be doing that for five minutes. Welcome back, everyone. Everybody kind of got to practice. If you didn't get to practice, we can go back and kind of show you that framework. And you can also email us. We'll gladly send you um, how to get to those simple. They're on YouTube and everything like that. And so, yeah, I hope you guys kind of have that framework in your mind. Um, and again, we're going to be focusing kind of on fields three and five tonight. So the next part is a great question that we all have. <laughs> Yes. So how do we find disciples? Um, and so we have some really amazing examples, um, specifically Jesus and Paul and how they found disciples. And so the very first one, um, as you see, where do we find disciples? Well, we find them in the harvest. So Jesus in Luke 10, he told them to go out and to proclaim the kingdom of God. Um, and he said to pray to the Lord of the harvest for the labors are the <coughs> harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few. And so we know these laborers are disciples and that they primarily come from the harvest. And so as we're in that field too, um, 
and we're sowing the seeds of the gospel and people start to respond, they're going to grow into disciples. And if we've shared the gospel with them, then it's our responsibility to also disciple them. Someone once said at a training we just went to, you know, if we share the gospel with someone, we ought to be thinking, okay, this is someone that I'm going to commit to discipling as well. Um, because that's what Jesus did. He asked these guys to follow him and then he invested his whole life in them, which we'll talk a little bit more specifically about later. Um, the second way we see is through training. And so Jesus, he spoke, you know, he had his 12 disciples, but he invested in larger groups as well. And he trained them. So we see he has his 12, but then he sends out, you know, the 72 and the 120. And so he trained these disciples to go out and he found disciples from among them. And then in Paul's um, ministry as well, he would enter into a city and he would teach large groups of people. And then he would also teach small groups of people and from those people. And so in Acts 19, he goes into a town and it says he found a group of disciples and it was 12 guys and he shared the gospel or he began training them. And so we know through training, we find disciples as well. They may already be believers. And then the third way is networking with believers. And so we also see Paul had he was a tent maker. And so he comes into Ephesus and he meets through his work. He meets more believers and he networked with them and then was able to partner with Achilla and Priscilla, who then was able to pour into Apollos, who then went to another town and shared the gospel. And so through networking, through the workplace, through every day life, just interacting with other believers, we also find disciples. So that's a really quick overview of that. Yes. So yeah, finding disciples primarily the harvest through training and through networking uh, was really good. And so now a question is, what do we do with disciples? And so just like Haley said, I forgot that was really good. Whenever you're sharing the gospel, you have to have it in your mind. Am I willing to, to or when you're sharing the gospel, am I willing to disciple this person that I'm sharing the gospel with? And so that, that answer needs to be yes. And so if somebody, you know, decides that they want to follow Jesus, um, whenever we start meeting with them, that, that needs to be something regular, you know, living our lives with them. Um, this is an acronym that we've come to really like, um, and it's called the cost acronym. So, um, this is something that we want to ask our disciples weekly for accountability, because we don't want to just have, um, knowledge-based discipleship, but also obedience-based, but they're both very important, um, because without the knowledge, um, from the word of God, we're not going to be able to know how we need to be obedient. Um, but if we don't have, if we're not obeying, we're just being hearers of the word and not doers. And so we need both to teach that knowledge-based obedience or knowledge-based discipleship and obedience-based discipleship. And so um, the first one, the C is connect. So asking your disciples, um, just whenever you start uh, meeting with them, you know, how did you connect with God this week? Um, you know, what did the Lord teach you in scripture? Um, how much of the word did you get into this week? Did you get in the every single day? Um, what are you praying about or what are you fasting about? You know, what are your prayers focused on? So how did you connect with God? What has he been speaking to you? So that's connect. And then O is for obey. So, you know, has God led you to be obedient at all through his word or how were you obedient to his word? Um, maybe you needed to talk to somebody or ask for forgiveness from somebody, you know, how were you obedient and having that loving accountability with whoever you're discipling and calling them continuously, hey, you need to connect with God, you have to be abiding in the Lord, and we need to be obedient to whatever he's calling us to do. 
And so S is share. So asking them, hey, who did you get to share your testimony with this week? Or who did you get to share the gospel with this week? Asking that question. So it's like, hey, I'm going to be asking you these questions um, every week and start doing that. Um, it's hard to have these focus questions all the time, but it is a really good framework to have. Um, and then the last one is T. So um, who did you train? Did you get to train somebody in how to share the gospel? Did you get to train them in, you know, did you show them the four fields? You know, any of these tools that we're using, did you get to teach them the EvangelQ? Uh, things like that. And so um, this is the acronym COST. So connecting, obeying, sharing, and training. These are just some questions that are really good to start asking our disciples. And it's good. It's easy to remember because we want to teach things that are very simple, very reproducible, um, to be able to teach our disciples so that they can have it in their minds. Okay, I can teach this to somebody else as well, because we don't want them to just depend on us continuously. We want them to be able to reproduce it to people that they're discipling as well. And so that is one of the first things that we do with our disciples. And so now we're going to go back into our breakout rooms for just a few minutes. And so um, we're going to have a little quiz. Tell your partner the three primary ways to disciple or to find somebody to disciple and then teach your partner the cost acronym. Okay, so some ways when we meet with our disciples or how to find them. And now, and then cost, how, what do we, how do we do accountability? How do we spur them on vision cast so that they'll go and obey? What else do we do with them? And how do we teach them how to study the word and teach others to study the word? And so one way to do that is through what we call the sword method. And so when we do the sword method, we do it primarily with Bible storing, but this also works through reading through just a passage of scripture, a story in the Bible, but we like to tell the story. So what we do is we tell the story we retell the story together, and then we read the story, and then we'll use the sword method to study this passage of scripture together, and so first I'll explain the sword method, and then I'm going to tell you the story of Zacchaeus, and we're going to break up into groups, and we're going to relearn with together. We're going to share the sword method and ask these questions, so the first question we ask is the point of the sword, and this is what does this story teach us about God? And then the second story is what does this story teach us about man? And then we have some application um, questions as well. So is there a sin in this story? Are there promises in this story? Are there examples in this story? Or in, are there commands in the story? And then the last one is, okay, so now that we've heard this story, how will our life be different? Or in other words, response or application. And so for the sake of time, we're just gonna do God, man, and response um to the Zacchaeus story but we're just going to say like one or two things on each one and then practice the sword method tool so first I'm going to tell the story of Zacchaeus and in a normal time we would retell it and read it but we don't have time for that today so Jesus was on his way to a town and in this town there was a man and his name was Zacchaeus and Zacchaeus was a tax collector and everyone really disliked him because he had cheated them um, so Jesus comes into this town and Zacchaeus really wanted to see Jesus, but he was really short. And so he climbed up in a tree to try to see Jesus. Well, Jesus passed by the tree. And when he did, he looked up into the tree and he said, Zacchaeus, come down. I have to eat at your house today. And so Zacchaeus came down from the tree and he received Jesus joyfully and he took Jesus to his house. Well, the people who saw this said, does Jesus not know that he's with a sinner? Why would he go to a sinner's house? Well, when there were 
at the house, Zacchaeus stood up and he said, Jesus, I am going to give half of my belongings to the poor and I want to pay everybody back I've cheated four times. And so Jesus said, truly salvation has come to this house today for he too is a son of Abraham for the son of man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. So that's the story. And now we, I'm going to go through the sword method real quick. And then we're going to break up into our practice rooms because practice is really where, you know, we learn it. Um, so remember when you do this Bible story, when you meet with your disciple, you can go through our passage of scripture. You can go through Bible stories. We have, um, actually a story set called the stories of hope, which are just stories about Jesus and the commands of Christ. And we'll have those available for you guys after. Um, and so you tell the story, retell the story, and then read the story. And then you ask the questions, what does this teach us about God? What does this teach us about man? And then if there's a sin in the story, a promise, example, command, and then how do we apply this to our lives? So we can break up into groups and practice that. And then we can ask those questions over the Zacchaeus story. How did that go for everybody? It was fun, but fast. <laughs> What? A few things about God. <laughs> fun but fast, right? Yes, fun but fast. Okay, so in a normal one of these Bible studies, what we would do is like, just like I told the story, someone would come in prepared to tell the story. Then we would retell the story all together because the goal of this is that we learn the story and we're able to take it. And those disciples are able to take the story and teach it to somebody else later. Um, whether it's their own group of disciples, whether they're just walking down the street and they can share the gospel with someone. And they're like, oh, I just actually learned a story from the Bible. Can I share it with you? One of my favorite ways to share the gospel is just telling a Bible story about Jesus. So that's the purpose of learning the Bible stories. It also does work on just a passage of scripture as well. And then to show, hey, we've learned the story, but let's let's see what it looks like in scripture because we want to make sure everything we're saying is straight from the Bible. So then we read the story and that also reiterates it in our mind. Mm -hmm. And then the questions, you know, is there a sin that we want to avoid? And something in the story, this story may not have a sin to avoid. And we don't want to just create something for the sake of asking the question. And then are there any promises that the Lord kept or that the promises that the Lord made in this story? And then are there any examples to follow and then, or are there any commands, specific commands that Jesus said to obey? Like Matthew 28, if you were telling that story, he would say, go and make disciples, teach them to obey my commands. Those are very specific commands. And then the example could be like, oh, he went in, he proclaimed the gospel. So we, he doesn't say explicitly, go proclaim the gospel, but we see Jesus did that and we should follow it. So just for some clarity on those questions. Yeah. yeah. And then um, Brent had asked a question, what setting do you feel the sword method is most effective? So we go to a church and we actually use this um, method every single week. We go through these questions um, with some other few questions. I mean, again, these are just starter tools. That is something really important to remember. These are not set in stone. You have to use this method. These are really just starter tools. And so um, we use this to kind of see patterns in scripture, but we also use this within our church every single week. Um, we also are a part of a church at UCO, the University of Central Oklahoma, and we use this method as well. Um, and this is really good because it, you can see how the Holy Spirit is speaking to everybody um, because we say, okay, what do we all see? You know, this passage teaches us about God. And so you can do this like one-on-one -on -one or you can do it in a group setting. 
Um, and so it's really cool getting, we've been in church settings before where you see so many people just listening to the, the Holy Spirit speak to them. And so um, using this is just that inductive Bible study um, is, you know, what is this passage actually telling me about God, about man, and how do I need to respond to this? And so it's for, yeah, it's for lots of different settings, but yeah, we use it every single week with our disciples and at church as well. And then, yeah, we also got asked the question, so what if a baby Christian says, why a sword? Well, besides the fact that it's pretty good to describe, you know, it has the point, points up to God. There's also hand motions, which I learned in college, and I still take stick to them but the word of god it says in the bible that the word of god is like a sword a double-edged sword that it's powerful it's the weapon that we have yes the word is sharp as a two-edged sword um and so it's the weapon that we have to use in the spiritual war that we have that is in this world that's very real and we we need to be in the word i might i might call it something else if i was speaking to a group of people who'd been traumatized by violence and things right I could draw a cross method, you know, the top of the cross boards towards heaven, uh, the bottom crosses where men stood at his feet. But uh, yeah, in this context, I hadn't had any trouble calling it sword. (laughs) Yeah, we don't really use swords in like daily life, so (laughs) (laughs) it's pretty safe here. So now we know, okay, so when we meet with them, what do we do? First, how we find them. When we meet with them, what do we do with them? So that's great for meetings, but what is this discipleship process? So we see that the farmer, he sows the seed, and then once the disciples start to grow, he nurtures them. So part of that is meeting with them in Bible study, but it's also teaching them to obey his commands, going out and doing his commands together with your disciples as well. So one, we love this acronym. It's called MAL the Fat People, um, which stands, so MAL stands for Model, Assist, Watch, and Launch, the Faithful, Available, and Teachable People. So these faithful, available, and teachable people are our disciples. So Jesus in his ministry, he followed Model, Assist, Watch, Launch. So he calls his disciples to follow him. And they're really just following him around. They're really not doing anything. They're listening to his teachings. He does some miracles. So the wedding at Cana, he heals some people and they're just here watching him. So then after some time in the ministry, Jesus starts giving them tasks and he starts assisting them in the ministry. So an example of this is when they are feeding the 5,000. So Jesus has been teaching to this large crowd It's late in the day and the disciples come to Jesus and they're like, Jesus, these people are hungry. And Jesus says, okay, well, you feed them. And the disciples are kind of like, well, this is a lot of people. We only have like five loaves and two fish. And then Jesus takes the loaves and two fish. He blesses it and he feeds everybody. And so you see that he gave them some ownership and then he took it and he assisted them in it. So then later we see Jesus has been living life with these people. He's modeling and assisting just in everyday life as he's going through proclaiming the gospel. Um, Also, he's with his family in his hometown. So it's not just specific to ministry. So then they've been trained. They've had some times to, you know, do some ministry on their own. And then Jesus goes into the watch stage. So we see in Luke 10, he tells them to go um, into these towns and to proclaim the kingdom of God. And he gives them very specific tasks to do, um, but they've been trained to do it. And they go out and they go to these towns and the Lord does amazing things. And then they come back to Jesus and they're like, Jesus, we did so many things in your name. 
And so we see that Jesus, he was watching them. He was no longer assisting them so much, but he was giving them ownership of the task. So they go out and then they come and they report to him. So then we see Jesus, he during, you know, when he tells them the great commission, he then goes to heaven and he launched them out. He said, go into the world and make disciples in that Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, into the ends of the earth. And so he's launching them out to do the same thing. So in 2 Timothy 2, 2, Paul basically tells Timothy, okay, what I have entrusted to you, entrust to faithful men who will entrust it to others also. And so we know that the pattern of the Bible was always multiplication. So while Jesus was modeling for these disciples and assisting them, he was assisting them teach other people, model for other people. And then as he was assisting and watching, they were assisting and modeling for other people. And so that's how we get to the fourth generation and multiply disciples because we can't disciple everybody. It's on our disciples to disciple more people. Um, and so then the faithful, available, teachable people. So these are the people who are going to show up. The people who come to you, Jesus invited. He had a really high invitation, but he also had a really high challenge. He said, follow me. He taught really hard things like eat my flesh and drink my blood. And it was the people who remained faithful, even when he taught them hard things, because the, the reality is the commands of Jesus can be really hard. Um, people who were available to you, they said, yes, I will show up. I will be there. And they actually show up and they're there um, because it's really hard to find those people, honestly. And then the teachable people, those people who you, you teach them something and then they go and they take it and they reproduce it. They don't just keep it to themselves, but they start mauling somebody else. So, I mean, as soon as, you know, they know all the starter tools. So in model, you're just giving them basic starter tools. In assist, you're helping them use those tools and watch, you're saying, okay, go use the tools and then you can come to me for questions. And then launch, it's not like we completely abandon them. Paul still wrote letters to Timothy after he launched him. Jesus is with us always. So we're still there for them, but it's not as yeah, not as dependent. Um, and so this, we see this in Jesus and in Paul's ministry. So now, are there any questions with Maul, the fat people? Also, I want to encourage you all. <laughs> this is a really um, great just acronym. Um, it's really, really hard to find faithful, available, and teachable people. Even yeah. in our own lives, there's some people that we know, we love them, and they're so teachable. And they're sometimes available, but for the most part, they're not faithful or available. It's every once in a while. Mm -hmm. And so it's hard because we want to spend time with these people that it seems like they're going to be the, the people surely that they're going to be the ones that take on this and this and run with it, but they're not a lot of times. And then other people, um, you just, you, you never need, expect, you never expect <laughs> Yeah. And it's like, okay, you're just here and you're ready. And so, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, that, that mall can last a really long time. It can be a really short time. Just like Chantel had said, she does this on the mission field. Mm -hmm. it, yeah. Some of those people, they're prepared and they're ready, um, to hear the gospel and to teach it to somebody else and to share it. Um, but a lot of times, you know, whenever it's in your daily life, um, or just weekly life throughout the months, it's really slow and it's, it, it takes a while to move through those stages. And sometimes you feel like you backtrack a little bit. And so in discipleship, it's never as clean as it seems on paper. And so, um, just remember that, but the Lord is faithful always. And as we're faithful, he's going to be faithful in giving us, um, others to be able to disciple. And so, um, yeah, this is a really good, um, really good framework. So, mm -hmm. 
So we're going to break up into rooms once again, and you're just going to go through and explain what the acronym MAL and FAT means to your partners so that we can get those down and know how to teach somebody else. I know that was a lot of information. That was a lot of illustrations. That was a lot of scripture. That was a lot of explanation. I've gone, we've gone through these trainings before where it's been like a weekend long training and there's tons of things thrown at us where we're just learning piles and piles of information. Um, and then you kind of get into a fog of you're like, what, what am I even doing? And then you kind of get into a low point of, I can't do this. And it's like, yeah, we, we can't do this, but the Holy spirit can. And so just, you know, if there's anything that you missed, yeah, definitely connect with us and we'll be really glad to show you. Mm -hmm. Um, or yeah, give us a call or give us a text anytime. We love teaching this stuff to people. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely easy to get into a fog of like, this was so much information. Um, but just kind of go through it, keep teaching it to, you know, your husband or wife or your friends and everything. And, um, and then you'll start getting it and it takes a, a little while. So, yeah. Um, and then, yeah, so some additional resources um, we had mentioned, I don't know if we actually mentioned it, but the 411 is a training that we've done before on um, one of the E&E trainings. And so that's available. It's also available on our website. Um, and that is something also that we use in the discipleship portions, the F3 field of growing. Mm -hmm. um, we want to teach that to people. And that explains um, our our identity in Christ, you know, so why do we make disciples? Um, who are we going to reach? And so, you know, who do we pray for? Um, F1. Yes. <laughs> who do we pray for in F1? Um, some simple, a simple way to share the gospel through um, the 15 second story and the three circles. And then when are we going to do it? We usually teach that cost acronym. And so the 411 is really just a lot of the farmer F1 and F2, how to share the gospel. Yeah. So yeah, and then you're starting to get into F3. So there's a lot within 411. That's another really good tool. Um, and then the commands of Christ. Um, so Haley had mentioned um, the story of Zacchaeus. That's kind of the first command of Christ. And so um, there's lots of different things. If you look them up, you can find different commands. But it's really just going through, um, you know, what does this teach us about God and about man and how to respond? So it has a sword method within those. But the commands of Christ start with, um, you know, repent and believe. Um, and then another command is be baptized. Um, another command is go and make disciples. And so these are just stories that you can go through with somebody that you might be discipling. And so that's another resource and that's at obeychrist.com. And that will make a lot more sense if you go and look at it without me explaining it because it's a lot on that. Um, and then some other discipleship starter tools um, on YouTube. I really encourage you guys to go watch some videos on hashtag no place left training. Uh, this is really helpful. A lot of these tools are available on there, as well as somebody who is a big mentor of mine. His name is Mark Gearing, um, and he has a YouTube page called Multiplying Disciples. And so some of the things that I've learned, actually a lot of the stuff that I've learned was from him, and he has a lot of videos on his YouTube page. And so I encourage you guys to go and sit, watch some of those videos. And he gives some real life um, help for making disciples because it's definitely hard work. And so that's another resource for you all. And then you can learn about um, having discovery Bible studies and using kind of the sword method. And that's at uh, dbsguide.org, um, which is really helpful. And so those are some resources for you all. Thanks, Brooke and Haley. Well, I'm so happy that so many of you all enjoyed tonight's training on discipleship. And I'm glad you did because next spring we are planning on doing, um, we're focusing on discipleship. And so we're going to continue to have our Thursday night 
trainings, as well as potentially have midday training. I can almost guarantee that you will see some of these same things again during our discipleship series next spring, such as the 411, like Brooke just mentioned, maybe even four fields and so many other great tools because this is so important. So I'm glad that you all enjoyed it tonight. This was the final training of our fall how-to series. So thank you all for joining us. You have now been equipped and enabled to make disciples. So Brooke or Haley, would one of you mind um, closing us out in prayer before we end tonight? I can. Father, I thank you um, just that you are with us, Lord. I thank you, Jesus. You said that you've sent us out, but that you would be with us until the end of the age, Father. And we know that we cannot do any of this without you. Lord, you've given us your spirit. You've given us power um, by enabling us through your Holy Spirit to go out into all the world and make disciples in our Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria. And Lord, you desire that it be to the ends of the earth as well. Mm -hmm. So Father, I pray. Lord, I plead with you that you would give us disciples, Lord, that you would help us walk in obedience ourselves, that there would be mm -hmm. those people that we can teach to obey your commands and that they would obey your commands and teach others also, Lord, because we know that we can't do it on our own. It's not in our power, but Lord, it's enabling your entire body that we're going to see no place left where Jesus's name has not been proclaimed. Lord, we want to see every single person hear the gospel. Like Lord, when every single resident of Asia heard the gospel in Acts 19, Lord, we want to see that in our own nation, in our own city, Lord, in the whole world. And so God, we pray that you would just enable us by your Holy Spirit. We thank you that it's not on us, that we don't have to stress about saving people, but Lord, we do want to be obedient. We do want to be your followers. Lord, so I pray that we would go out from here today, Lord, that you would give us opportunities to share the gospel and that we would be bold and that we would open our mouths, Lord, um, and proclaim your word, proclaim the kingdom of God that we know is coming, Lord, and that one day we will be with you for eternity. Lord, and we praise you that you are not slow in your coming, um, but you're being patient with us so that all can come to a saving repentance of Jesus Christ. And we just thank you for the promises that you've put in your word to remind us so that we will remember your commands and we will remember to obey you, Lord. And we just thank you for all you've done, the way you've trained us, Lord, and that you've brought us here tonight. So Lord, I pray that we would take what we learned and what we practiced, Lord, and we would put that into practice, God, all for your glory, not for our namesake or anything else, but all for your glory so that people will know your name and fear you. Mm. And so we just ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.